Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Living a Courageously Authentic Life. We're coming to you live from Blog Talk Radio, and I'm your host, Jennifer Monahan. I want to apologize for folks who tried to listen to this episode uh, when it went live last week. Apparently, there was some kind of a technical glitch, and none of the recording happened. So this is a re-recording of that, uh, and I hope that uh, you enjoy this, this episode. But before I get into today's topic, I wanted to share some exciting news in my life. Um, my second book is out. It came out a couple of weeks ago. And it's titled, Where To? How I Shed My Baggage and Learned to Live Free. And I'm really, really excited about this one, Uh, maybe even more so than the first book. And I I was very happy with the first book. But the second book, I feel that it has a message and a story that most people will enjoy and relate to. Uh, It's how I overcame some pretty deep fears and deep losses in my life and learned how to move forward. And what makes the story uh, itself exciting and interesting is that it takes place in Guatemala, Japan, Cambodia, and Thailand. And it comes complete with uh, me living in a thatched roof hut with scorpions and um, exploring ancient civilizations. If you're at all interested, you can find it in my first book on Amazon.com. So today I want to talk about the gift and beauty of failure and what it is and what it is not. And when I say the word failure, that word alone tends to bring up feelings of inadequacy, shame, remorse, maybe a a general feeling of being lesser than or not as good as others. We, we learn at a really young age that failure is, and I'll put this in quotes, bad uh, and, and something to be avoided at all costs. So maybe we got mocked by our teammates if we struck out while we were playing baseball. Or maybe we got in trouble when we got a poor grade on a test or our report cards. Or perhaps we hurt ourselves when we were trying to learn how to do a cartwheel. Regardless of when and how we learn that failure is, quote, bad, uh, we tend to carry that belief forward with us through our lives. And, of course, the, the risks of failure seem to grow exponentially as we go through our life and, and do different things. So it's one thing to fail at a Little League game as a totally different thing to, quote, fail when we are and employment and lose our job, right? This belief of avoiding failure at all costs can hold us back significantly as we go through our lives. And so today I want to talk about failure, you know, what it is, why we fear it, what the beauty and the gift of failure is, and how to actively embrace failure in your own courageously authentic life. So I thought it'd be kind of fun if we started with some examples of uh, failure. And I'll play a little game here. I'll, I'll give a second or two after each one of these for you all to think. But see if you can identify this person that I'm describing. So this first one, I have four of them. The first one is a man. Uh, he started and failed a business and suffered a nervous breakdown all before he was 29 years old. Uh, He then went on to lose a couple runs for different elected uh, positions within our government. Who is this man? 
If you guessed Abraham Lincoln, the 16th president of the United States, you would be correct. Uh, he went on to become one of the most beloved presidents, uh, facing some of the greatest challenges uh, that our country face, has faced in its history. This second man could not uh, speak fluently until he was nine years old. He had communication challenges. He got expelled from school. He was even denied admittance to the university that he wanted to go to. Do you know who he is? The answer is Albert Einstein, probably one of the most uh, famous and respected scientists of our time. The third one is a woman. Uh, she was rejected by 36 publishers. And when her business launched, it launched to dozens of highly negative reviews, uh, which could be enough to get anybody to throw in the towel. This woman is Ariana Huffington uh, of Huffington Post, which, as you all probably know, is an extremely well-established and influential online publication, and her books have gone on to become bestsellers. And this last person is another woman. Her marriage ended about a year after she got married. Uh, she was practically living in her car with her newborn baby. She had no money. She couldn't get a job. And her book idea uh, that she had come up with was rejected by a dozen publishers. If you guessed J.K. Rowling, the author of the Harry Potter series, you would be correct. And in fact, she was interviewed recently, and here's what she said about that time. She said, I had failed on an epic scale. An exceptionally short-lived marriage had imploded. And I was jobless, a lone parent, and as poor as it is possible to be in modern Britain without being homeless. The fears that my parents had had for me and that I had had for myself had both come to pass. And by every usual standard, I was the biggest failure I knew. Now, what is amazing and incredible about each one of these four people, and I purposely chose famous people so that we could connect with that person, but I'm sure you can also come up with people in your own personal lives, uh, is that each one of them continued on in spite of having some pretty major failures, right? And that, I think, is one of the most inspirational things, because when we think of failure, many of us think of it as the stopping point for whatever it is that we are trying to do. You know, I haven't been able to accomplish X, whatever X is, or I'll never be able to do Y, uh, so I'm not going to do it. Um, and I will be the first to say that I believe that that is actually the true failure. True failure is giving up on something, or even worse, not even trying. That's not to say that sometimes the right decision is to walk away from something, whether that something is a job, an idea, or a relationship, because there's plenty of times when it makes sense to do so. What I'm talking about is when we have a misstep or a setback, um, or maybe we don't even take that first step because of our fear, uh, when you hold yourself back from trying something, that is failure. 
having 30-something publishers reject you is not failure. Not winning your quest for uh, an elected office is not failure. Not getting into your desired university is not failure. It's the not trying and not going after the dream and not continuing forward with your life that is the actual failure. So failure is when we hold ourselves back from doing or trying something because of our fear of being ridiculed, looking or feeling stupid, and or making a mistake. I'm going to say that again because I think it's really important for all of us to think about this. Failure is when we hold ourselves back from doing or trying something because of our fear of being ridiculed, looking or feeling stupid, and or making a mistake. So in short, failure is when we choose to not live authentically and courageously because we fear how other people will perceive us if things don't go exactly as we hope or plan them to do so. It is not, failure is not, what most people think of, that when we make a mistake or take a misstep or try something that doesn't work out, right? So if our typical definition, right, prior to me just sharing what my definition was, if our typical definition is, hey, failure is when we make a mistake or something doesn't work out as we had hoped or planned, If that isn't failure, what are all of those times, right? And and, uh, what, what do we call those? So most people have heard the story of Thomas Edison and and the uh, invention of the light bulb. Uh, He had multiple times when he tried to create a light bulb that it didn't work out. And depending on what article or book or history you read, uh, this could be well over 9,000 tries where it didn't work out and he was unable to create a light bulb. But his perspective when he was asked about it, and he was asked about this before he, was able, before he had actually figured out the, the formula and the successful way to create a light bulb. He was asked, gee, you've you know, done this so many times. Why are you doing it? And when he asked, he said something that I think we should all carry forward as words, words of wisdom in our life. He said, why would I feel like a failure? And why would I ever give up? I now know definitively over 9,000 ways an electric light bulb will not work. Success is almost in my grasp. And in case you were wondering, when Thomas Edison was in school, his teachers had said that he was, quote, too stupid to learn anything, and he was fired from his first two jobs for not being productive enough. I think Thomas Edison had the right perspective. One of the things that these instances are when we try something and it doesn't go as we planned is that they are now giving us the opportunity or we have now realized that we are one step closer to what it is we are trying to accomplish. Even if we don't get it right, we are still doing better than if we hadn't taken that step in the first place. This is the first gift of I'll say the first gift of failure, but I'm going to switch the word to trying, right? This is the first gift of trying something, even if it doesn't work out. And it is, we are one close step, one step closer to our success. 
I remember reading many, many years ago about a woman. She was an elderly woman. I want to say she was around 90 years old. And she was going to university to get her undergrad degree. And people would ask her, you know, why are you going to school at such an old age? And, you know, what are you going to do with it? And why would you put yourself through this? And there were even people who mocked her. But she chose to ignore those who made fun of her. And to those that asked her why she was going for her degree, her degree she said something along the lines of, I've always wanted to get my college degree, but my life circumstances when I was younger would not allow me to do it. This has been my lifelong dream. And I figure I can either get to 90 years old without the degree or I can get to 90 years old and have the degree that I've wanted my entire life. I chose the latter. And it doesn't matter when we accomplish a dream. It just matters that we go after it. Which I think is a, a beautiful way to go through life. That's, that's another perspective that we carry with us. That we need to accomplish something by a certain time. Sometimes we have an age or a life stage in mind, right, where we have to have this. This has to be what we achieve by then. And if we don't, then we view ourselves as a failure, right? But we all do things on our own time. We all have our own life situations and um, things that are going on that sometimes cause us to have to put a dream to the side or on the back burner or slow down our progression after that dream. And this amazing woman who did get her degree in her early 90s, uh, I think serves as an inspiration of never giving up on your dream. The second gift of trying something, even if it doesn't work out, is that each time we try something, we learn something new. And if I look back to our friend Thomas Edison, uh, he is living proof of this, right? He said that he now knows over 9,000 ways that it won't work which means that he is that much closer to finding one of the ways that it will work. When we try something that doesn't go the way we wanted it to, we're given the opportunity to narrow down our focus and eventually figure out what we need to be or to do to be successful in whatever it is we are endeavoring to do. It's almost like that old saying, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Or Albert Einstein actually said, success is failure in progress, which almost leads itself to recognizing that we have to fail, if you would, in order to succeed. We have to try in order to succeed. The third gift of trying is that it makes us stronger and more adaptable. So when something doesn't work out, I know for me personally, uh, I've learned that I can you know, pick myself up, brush myself off, and try again. And look at the situation from another perspective to keep me moving forward, right? I, I, I learn that I can handle something not working the way I wanted to, that I have the strength within me to move forward in spite of a setback. And I learned that I can adapt my approach, my methodology, how I view things, uh, how I share things, whatever it is that needs to be adapt, adapted in order to move forward. Uh, Henry Ford actually said, failure is simply the opportunity to begin again 
this time more intelligently. And I think that adaptability is a sign of that intelligence. The fourth gift of trying something and not having it work out is that it helps us understand the depth of our passion and de- uh, develop like resilience for what it is that we're trying to do in our life. So when something doesn't work out and I continue to get up and try again and again and again, I know that that something is really, really important to me. It's probably aligned with my purpose or Uh, something I want to achieve in life, something aligned with what my heart wants for my life. And knowing that I am passionate about it, that passion can help continue to drive me forward. Uh, I, I think we've probably all heard the story of how the Beatles were turned down by numerous music labels. I think they had gone to all but one and been turned down by every single one of those music labels. And there was one music label left. And uh, Brian Epstein, their manager, went to that one music label with the the demo records and uh, pitched the Beatles. The important thing is, in spite of all those rejections, they didn't give up because they were so passionate about their music, right? And we all know what happens, right? That last label signed them on, and then the Beatles went on to become, in my personal opinion, one of the best music groups and most inspirational music groups in the history of humankind. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, his his thoughts around failure, when he, he said, my great concern is not whether you have failed, but whether you are content with your failure. So can you continue to move forward with that failure? And the final, and in my opinion, the most important uh, gift of trying something and not having it work out is that I know that by trying something that is important to me, I am truly living a life of courage and I'm living a life filled with rich experiences aligned to what my heart wants for my life rather than one where I am holding myself back out of fear. So I know I I shared a bunch of gifts. I'm going to summarize them for you. The five gifts that I see trying something and not having it work out, uh, that the gifts that that situation brings to each one of us are, one, we are one step closer to success. Two, each time we try something, we learn something new that we can then apply. Three, it makes us stronger and more adaptable. Four, It helps us to understand the depth of our passion and develop resilience for what we are trying to do. And five, we know that we are truly living a life of courage and rich experiences. So let me share a personal example. I started off the show talking about my second book, and I'm going to use that as an example. So as I mentioned, I'm really excited about this book. I I wrote it in 2017, and when it was ready to go for the editorial review, I used the same editor as I did for the first one. And she, too, loved it and said that she thought it was better than the first one. So I was feeling pretty pumped up about it, and I decided that I wanted to use a different publisher than I did for my first book. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with the publishing industry, let me give you a real, real quick overview. There are three primary ways you can publish a book. 
you can go the traditional publishing route where you work with one of the big name publishers. Think Random House or Penguin or Simon & Schuster. They're the ones that give the advances for books. They have a huge sales force and distribution channel. They typically take on the financial risk of publishing a book. At the opposite end of the spectrum is self-publishing. Uh, and you can self-publish through places such as Amazon, um, or you can pay a vanity press. Uh, and if you do use a vanity press, uh, you take the financial risk up front. You take it on, all of it, right? You pay all of the cost up front, which then hopefully you will regain through your sales. Or you can use a hybrid publisher, and that's a publisher that's kind of in the middle of these two. I mean, the thing about Amazon and vanity presses, while they are wonderful because they give everybody the opportunity to share their story and, and create a printed word document, um, there usually is no, um, no screening process in order to determine if the work is written well, uh, if it is a, a story that would resonate with a lot of people, etc. Not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing, it's just the reality of the self-publishing world. A hybrid publisher is somewhere in the middle, right? Uh, they are a publisher that has the sales force and distribution channel that you see in a traditional publisher. They use some type of process to vet submissions to make sure they're putting out quality content, again, like you see in a traditional publisher. Um, but they expect that you are going to share some of the financial risk for publishing the book, so more along the lines of self-publishing. For my first book, I went with a hybrid publisher. For my second book, I wanted to try to get it published with a traditional publisher. Getting published with a traditional publisher is not easy. Uh, most require that you work with a literary agent, someone who uh, represents your book and tries to sell it on your behalf. I didn't want to have to work with a literary agent. It felt like just another layer that was unnecessary. So I started by identifying traditional publishers that did not require one that I could submit my book to. Now, to submit a book, you need to create a proposal for them to read that includes information about the book, a summary and a synopsis, chapter by chapter. You send a couple sample chapters, and you talk about your network and your plan to market the book, right? Because you as the author are required to market as well. Traditional publishers get thousands of submissions. Of these submissions, they typically only ask about 1% of them to send in more information or to send in a complete manuscript. And then of that 1% that get that request, obviously a very small number are selected to make an offer to. So I sent out about 20 proposals. Um, I got rejected by 19 of them. But I got a response back from a publisher that I was very interested in asking for the full manuscript. And uh, I remember that day well. I was in uh, the Guatemala City Airport waiting for my flight up to the jungle, and the, the email came through. And I started jumping up and down in the gate waiting area and actually, like, let out a whoop, whoop and everything. And people are looking at me like I'm weird. But I was excited beyond belief, right? And so I sent in the full manuscript, and then I waited. And about a month later, I got an email from him saying, I'm interested in publishing this book. After reading the first few chapters, I can tell you are a skilled writer who can communicate concepts easily in a style that keeps the reader's attention. 
If the rights are still available, I'd like to present you with a publishing proposal. Now, this is the email every single author wants to get, especially when you're a, a new author and, and not, um, you know, very well known in the, the publishing industry. And so you would probably say, as you're listening to this story, that, oh, wow, I got it published and it was a success. Well, not quite. I waited for the proposal and it never came. And after a couple follow-up emails, I heard back from the publisher who said basically that even though the book was good, he decided not to publish it because upon reflection, the genre of my book didn't fully align with the genre of the other books that he had published. So I'm not going to lie. I was really disappointed, like wanting to bury my disappointment in chocolate, but, um, Really good chocolate is tough to come by in the Guatemalan jungle. And I felt like a failure. And I started questioning the book itself. After going through a little bit of a self-pity party, uh, I took some deep breaths and I stepped back and I asked myself, am I really a failure? And here's what I came up with. One, no. I am not a failure because I made it further than many, many other authors do when working with a traditional publisher. And not that it was a competition, but just recognizing how far along the publishing path I made uh, was, was indicative of the success. I mean, I had gotten an offer for a proposal, which is success. And it talks to the value and the quality of the book itself. Two, I am not a failure because I learned how to write a compelling book proposal and a cover letter that was able to get a positive response from a publisher. And I also learned more about the process of working with a traditional publisher. And both of those are good things. Three, I am not a failure because I have other options to publish my book. Right? I could research and send out proposals to other traditional publishers. I could work with my previous publisher. I could research other hybrid publishers. I could self-publish. Four, no, I am not a failure because I still feel strongly that this book is valuable and is one that people will not only enjoy reading but also learn something from. So after that initial, oh, this book, maybe it's not that good, I was able to restore my belief in the book and come back feeling even stronger and more passionate about the book. And then five, yet another no, I'm not a failure because I was not going to let a changed mind by one publisher stop me from publishing my book. And in fact, as I looked at all of this, I realized I am a successful writer that received some very positive feedback from an experienced publisher. So I was able to see the many gifts uh, that this process and perceived failure had brought to me. So I ended up deciding to self-publish because I wanted to have full control over the book publishing process. And um, so far, I'll say it's been great, and I'm learning even more as I go through it. So I was able to see the gifts, but what if you can't? What if you can't see the gifts that are coming to you through something that you think of as a failure? Again, something you tried and didn't work out the way you wanted. Let me give you some ideas to get you um, starting to think more positively about failure. 
So first and foremost, remember that failure, trying things that don't work out, is a part of life. We would never get anywhere if we didn't try. And to just show how important it is to try, I'd like you all to just think of a little baby, I don't know, 10 months old or so, just starting to learn how to walk. We've all seen little babies at this stage, right? They, they get up, they kind of stand there, they sway back and forth, they're shaky and wobbly, they lift a foot, they put it forward, they fall backwards and land on their bottoms, um, and then, you know, pull themselves up and, and try again. What if babies, after trying that first step where they fall on their bottom, decided to give up? We would be this society of full-grown adults that are just sitting around on the floor because we never had the courage to pick ourselves up and try to take that second step. And I know it's a ridiculous example, but it's one that makes me laugh. So doing something new or different takes practice. And we're going to have a few bumps and missteps along the way. It is part of life, right? So when we try something and it doesn't work out, it's just part of life. Second, change your perspective from viewing something as a failure to something that provides feedback and a learning opportunity for you. You're learning something that helps point you in a potentially slightly different direction, um, and that will bring you closer to your goal. So ask yourself, what have I learned from this experience? What would I do differently? What would I do the same? And then begin applying that as you pick yourself up and try again. Third, and and this is um, an important one, I think, for many people. Remember that the thing that you tried and it didn't work out, whatever it is, your book got rejected by a publisher, you lost your job, your marriage fell out, fell apart, whatever that thing is, recognize that it is completely separate from who you are as a human being. Yes, you may have put your blood, sweat, and tears into whatever it is, right? But that thing, whatever it is, is just that. It's a thing. It's an object. It's an action. The action failed, if you wanted to use the word failure. The object or thing didn't take off like you had hoped. The relationship didn't go the way that you had wanted it to. And, of course, you can learn from it, and hopefully you do, and you do something different the next time. But because it failed doesn't mean that you are a failure. And this is a really important distinction because I think a lot of us internalize the failure of something or some action where it doesn't go the way we wanted it to as us being a failure. It failed, you didn't. In fact, you are a success because you overcame some type of fear. You stepped forward through it and you tried if you find yourself often going down the I'm a failure path, right, thinking that in your mind over and over again, oh, I'm a failure, I'm a failure, why should I try? 
step back and remember all of the times that you succeeded in your life, whether it's something really big like winning a big promotion or getting that award at school or something really small like the the time you hit the ping pong ball perfectly over the net or made a cake that was just so beautiful and delicious, whatever it is. Think about those successes and then remind yourself, did I get this perfect the very first time? Your answer is probably going to be probably not, right? Now, as some of you know, I, I take dance lessons and I love my dance lessons, but some of the technical moves are, are difficult for me. Others are easy, but and, and that's because everybody's body is different, right? So it took me a while to overcome my feelings of inadequacy and, quote, being a failure when I couldn't get a particular move, especially when I watched class my, classmates in my class who got it so easily on the first time. And there was a point years ago when I considered dropping out because I viewed myself as a failure. But I worked hard to overcome it. And I did exactly what I'm talking about here. I separated who I am, my being, and my core from my ability to do a particular move in my dance class, right? And so now when I'm in class and I'm struggling to get a move, right, I'm trying and it's not working, I remind myself that there are some moves that I can do easily and do well. Um, and then I pick myself up and I try the new move again. Now, it helps that my classmates are all extremely supportive of each other. And we cheer each other on regardless of whether or not we get a particular move. Uh, it's not about getting the move perfect. It's more about trying, right? But Try to remember that if something doesn't go the way you planned, it's not who you are. It's just something you tried. The other thing is that success takes hard work and lots of it. So while there may be situations where we see someone have beginner's luck, uh, even then maintaining the success does take work. In my dance class, typically the, the people who get the moves immediately, have a background in like gymnastics and things like that where they have been working and moving in this way for decades, right? So even though it looks like beginner's luck that they get this move immediately, the truth is they've been working hard at it for years, right? So when you see an athlete execute their sport flawlessly and seemingly effortlessly, you know that they've had hours and hours of practice and a number of times that it didn't work out along the way. When you see a relationship that mirrors what you are looking for in a relationship, recognize that behind the scenes, I can guarantee that couple has had their fair share of good times and bad times, that they've had fights and disagreements as well as happy, loving times, and that they decided to work together to create the relationship that you're seeing. So be willing to do the work and to practice. Another thing you can do is approach each failure with a sense of curiosity and wonder, as in, I wonder what will happen if I do this, or I'm curious, if I try this differently, will it change the outcome? And going back to little kids, it's really rare to see small children kind of shut down themselves and their ability to learn when something doesn't work. 
Instead, they'll look at things from another perspective. And, and literally, you'll see them almost put their heads on the ground and, and look through their legs or, or lay down and turn around another way. I mean, they physically do look at things from another perspective. Um, and then they'll try something new. And they'll continually do it with a sense of curiosity and wonder. Sure, frustration happens once in a while, but again, they pick themselves up and they try again. To also help overcome this fear of failure, it's important to learn to let go of other people's judgments and perspectives of you, especially if they're holding you back from trying something you want to do. And this is not an easy thing to do. I'm not going to lie to you. It's not an easy thing to do. But if you check in with your heart and determine whether this something that you want to do is something you are passionate about, and if you know that that is the truth, work to release those judgments and perspectives and just go do it. If possible, surround yourself with people who will cheer you on. But... Don't let other people's judgments and perspectives prevent you from trying something that you really want to do, whether it's taking up a new sport or picking up a moving halfway around the world. Also, stay positive, right? Look at where you are and where you want to go. Um, You know, don't spend a lot of time ruminating on the past, and I say that whether you failed or succeeded in the past. Beyond pulling the lesson from it. You know, take a day, allow yourself to have the pity party if something doesn't go the way you want it to, like I did with my book. Or take the day and feel amazing about that win that you just had. Um, But then go pull the lessons learned from it and move forward. Part of staying positive is knowing that you're capable. And if you are missing any skills, You can get the training. You can get the information. You can get what it is that you need, the partner, uh, to help you move forward. If you're really struggling with this concept, I'd suggest you spend some time thinking back on where this fear or aversion to failure began. You know, what caused this limiting belief in your life? And I know we've talked about limiting beliefs in the past, right? These are things that we believe that, hold us back, and they're generally not true. Uh, They're things that we take on as truths uh, as part of our life journey, usually starting from when we're a kid. So what caused this limiting belief that, quote, failure is bad in your life? And then really think about how true or valid this belief is. And maybe some of the things that I've talked about today will help you start to break apart the validity of that belief and recognize that it is not valid. If there's a certain failure uh, that you fear, spend some time with that. You know, imagine that it occurs and, and, and think about what the absolute worst case scenario is if you, quote, failed. And really dig deep here and feel it. I mean, imagine all the things that could go wrong. Um, write them down. Come up with a list. And then once you've defined your absolute worst case scenario, go back and look at your list. And be honest with yourself. Ask whether this worst-case scenario is actually real. I mean, what is the likelihood that all of the horrible things that you listed actually would happen? 
chances are it's pretty slim. Um, but for the things on that list, what can you do to mitigate them from happening or to minimize the impact of those things from happening? Um, you know, what is your backup plan? Knowing that you've thought through the different scenarios can help you stay pause, positive, help you overcome that fear, and then move forward. And then finally, I'd say the most important thing of all of this is to not let failure stop you from living the life you want and going after your dreams. You know, they say the number one regret of people when they're on their deathbeds and they ask what they regretted the most was usually not trying the things they wanted to try in their life. The fear of failure had held them back and they realized on their deathbed that all those fears were meaningless because they were left with the regret of not doing what their heart wanted to do in this lifetime. So look at how a fear of failure will prevent you from living the life you want. Look at your life to date and do so with lots of love and self-compassion. How have you held yourself back because of this fear of failure? What have you not done that you wanted to do or maybe still want to do because of this fear? What would you do differently now, knowing what you do know now? Or what would you do differently if you knew you couldn't fail because failure doesn't actually exist unless you don't do it? So that is about all the time we have today. Um, I hope you took away something from this show. And please subscribe to my channel here uh, to get updates for my upcoming shows. I, I try to put a podcast up uh, once or twice a month. So if you subscribe, you'll get notification as when one is scheduled or one is live. And if you want to learn more about me and what I do, you can visit me at spiritevolution.co. Uh, in there, there is a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, there's a whole lot of free materials. There's my blog. There's articles I've written. There's excerpts from my books. Uh, there's information about coaching and other services I offer, such as shamanic sessions and my online course. And don't forget to check out my new book, Where To? How I Shed My Baggage and Learn to Live Free. And if you do buy it and read it, I hope you love it. And I look forward to seeing your review on Amazon. Until next time, have a great day.